So we talked about, you know, the different levels of care, what options there are, and kind of the cost associated with that. It's really important to know, though, there are a variety of ways to pay for the care. Anything you can pay privately for. Anybody will accept your check or your cash, no matter where you're at or what services you need. But there's also some benefits that could be available. One is veterans benefits. So the Veterans Administration does have a variety of different programs available for individuals who need care. Some people qualify for the compensation part of the, from the Veterans Administration, and that would be for individuals who received an injury or have a service-connected disability. We more focus on the pension side, which is for individuals over the age of 65 or that have some sort of disability they need care for. The Veterans Administration pension is a great option for those who need in-home care or that personal care level. So what they look at, they do look at income and assets because you do have to financially qualify for the program. If there's a shortfall between your income and the care that you need, whether it's at home or in a community, then you could potentially qualify for that pension benefit. Their asset guideline is about $120,000. So if you have more than that, they're gonna say you don't qualify for the pension benefit. But if you have under that, you could qualify for it. The pension benefit really ranges based on who you are. Are you the veteran? Are you the spouse of the veteran? Are you the widow of the, the veteran? But it could be up to a little over $2,000 a month to help pay for your care. Now, vet, we used to do a lot of planning for veterans benefits years ago, but in October 2018, they changed the rules. They have a look back now, much like the Medicaid look back. So what that means is you can't just give assets away and apply for the veterans pension anymore. There's a three-year window of time that you have to wait. We used to be able to transfer assets and apply for the veterans pension the next, next day. Those were the days that we were, that was wonderful to help get these individuals qualified for the benefits they need. But um, they kind of got on board with Medicaid and changed those rules. There's also long-term care insurance. So if you've heard me speak before, you know, if you have long-term care insurance, you need to pull out your policy and look at what it actually has to offer for you. Is it pay for in-home care? Does it pay for facility care? What levels of care? What's your elimination period, which is the period of time that they will not pay from whenever you meet that level of care or move into a facility? How many days is that? A lot of times it's like 60 or 90. Um, what's your daily benefit? A lot of policies we see say $100 a day is your daily benefit. Well, nursing home costs $350 a day on average right now. So $100 a day is helpful, but it's not going to cover everything. Um, and what is the maximum benefit on that? How long does it pay out? Is it a two-year policy, a three-year policy? Is there a dollar value associated on that? So make sure you know what that policy says because if it doesn't say exactly what you thought it did when you purchased it, there might still be time that you can meet with a financial professional to figure out um, if you can convert the policy or get something more that, to meet your needs now. If you're considering long-term care insurance, all those things I mentioned are equally important to make sure that you really know what the policy says and what it has to offer. Also, now you can purchase a long-term care insurance policy that also has a death benefit on it. So they're kind of, we call them a hybrid policy. So you can use the benefit during your life, but if you 
don't need it during your life, there's still like a death benefit, like a life insurance policy after you pass away. I think that's a wonderful option for anybody who qualifies because one of the things I hear most often with the traditional long-term care insurance policies is, should I keep paying for this? Because I don't know if I'm gonna need it and the premiums are so high. So knowing that at the end of the day, there's still a death benefit if you don't need it is really, really like, it's a good peace of mind. On the topic of hybrid policies, one thing I always like to uh, touch on there is that if you're able to qualify for those, you know, one thing that makes those harder than some other policies is that in order to qualify for that death benefit, you also have to be life insurable because um, right. it is, it converts into life insurance. But one big benefit of that is that you have this sum of money set aside that can be used for your long-term care. And then whatever is left when you pass away pays out to your beneficiaries as life insurance and life insurance is not subject to Pennsylvania inheritance tax. So it's a way of taking money that would normally have been uh, inheritance taxable and would have already been available for long-term care anyway, setting it aside to pay for long-term care. And then if you don't, if you use it, there it is. If you don't, it goes tax-free to your children. So those are, I like those. I, I don't sell them, but I do like them. Uh, but again, you need to be insurable in order to qualify for that. So that's uh, a hurdle for some people. That's a great point, Landon, because it is, you know, we, we're giving all this, you know, information, but there's always um, other things <laughs> attached to them and, and qualifying. I will say you brought up a great point. You know, we're always worried about taxes um, naturally. How do we avoid them? How do we get around them? Life insurance is the only asset in Pennsylvania that can go inheritance tax-free to your children, your beneficiaries. So like, it's really important to know that a lot of people, I'm going off track here. A lot of people like to say, well, my life insurance is there for my funeral arrangements, or I'm going to cash that in, or I'm going to sign it to the funeral home. And I always say, hold up, let's back up. Is there a better way to do this? Because do do we want to give the funeral home a tax break? Or do you want to give your children or beneficiaries a tax break? So just something to think about as we all worry about taxes and wonder what type of taxes we can get around. Life insurance is a great way to avoid a little bit of tax. Um, I will also say with life or long-term care insurance, before I move on there, um, is a lot of times we are meeting with families that say, well, I have long-term care insurance. I don't need to do any additional planning, like trust planning that we'll talk about today. And actually, um, long-term care insurance and trust planning work hand in hand. Um, and this goes back to how much is your benefit? If it's only $100 a day, we know that's not enough. So with the trust planning that Landon and I do, we've got you covered. You know, they work hand in hand to make sure that you are secure and protected in the event you need care. Now, switching gears to Medicare. Medicare won't take me too long, but I'm going to burst some bubbles here. So most of us think that with Medicare, if you need long-term care in a nursing home, that it's going to cover 100 days. So bubble is bursted. It's up to 100 days. So even when you move in there, Sam, they're going to say, Oh, you have hundred days. I've met one person and he was on a vent that was covered up to 100 days. And I've been with the firm for 10 years before that I worked for the office of aging for five. So I've done this for a long time. So Medicare most often will cover your first 20 days. If you move into a nursing home, usually on day 20, you get a notice that says, Hey, by the way, the day after tomorrow, your Medicare coverage is ending. 
they only cover when you need skilled services. So those the um, physical therapy, speech therapy, whatever that may be. After that, it ends. So it's really important to know that Medicare is a short-term solution to nursing home care. It's not a long-term solution. But what is the long-term solution? Medicaid. So again, Medicare and Medicaid sound so similar, but they're very, very different programs. Medicaid is a long-term solution to, for med, to pay for your nursing home care. Now there's very, very, very strict income and asset guidelines to qualify for the waiver pro, or the Medicaid program, but that's something that we do every day. Now I could sit here today and give you guys scenarios and talk numbers, but without actually being able to see you and write the numbers down, I don't want to confuse you. Please just know that almost everybody can get qualified for Medicaid. You might be thinking, well, isn't that an impoverishment program? Don't I have to have like no money to qualify for Medicaid? Yeah, but we implement strategies to help you tuck aside assets and still qualify for Medicaid benefits. Now, please don't think I'm not, I'm not ever going to tell anybody to stick money under their mattress or not disclose something because I love all of my clients and I feel very passionate about what I do, but I'm not going to jail for you. So <laughs> when we're filling out these Medicaid applications, you know, you're going to sign them because I need you to, <laughs> to testify to everything in there is accurate that I filled out. Um, you know, there's a lot of strategies we can implement. And I'll be honest, when we're dealing with spousal situations, Pennsylvania is wonderful. The states surrounding us are not so wonderful. Pennsylvania is really great if one spouse needs care and one does not. There are strategies that I can implement right now to get the spouse in the nursing home qualified for Medicaid, protecting all of the assets for the spouse that doesn't. I just worked with a family um, and we're talking over a million dollars and we were able to protect everything for the spouse that didn't need care. Um, the same applies for a family that has $20,000. It doesn't matter where you are in that spectrum. We know that your nest egg is very important to you and we wanna make sure that we're protecting it for your spouse, for your future generations, your beneficiaries, whatever that looks like. Now with a single applicant for Medicaid, so a widow, divorced, it does look a little bit different. So then we're looking at gifting to people that are not your spouse. We're looking at trust at that point in time, but it's still possible to protect assets. In that situation where we're dealing with a single person, we say that usually we can protect, or I would say generally we can protect 50% of the assets, but 50% will need to go towards your care. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, only 50%, but hey, 50% is better than none. Because when you move into a facility, they're not going to tell you these strategies. And that's okay. They're a business. They want you to private pay. But we're here to tell you that there are strategies, whether you're married or single and you need care, that we can help you get pr protect your assets for your loved ones. But I also just want to mention really quickly, we've talked a lot about facility care um, and cost and what options are. At the beginning, I did mention for in-home care. One thing I didn't mention intentionally was that there is a program administered through um, the state of Pennsylvania. It's a Medicaid funded program called the Aging Waiver Program. So the Aging Waiver Program 
is um, a great option for those that need a high level of care, but still have the supports to stay at home, but maybe need some caregivers to come in. Since it's a Medicaid funded program, the services are paid through the state. It's not 24 hour a day care, but it can be five, 10 hours a day potentially. Um, and they provide caregivers to come in. They're not doing anything skilled, but they can help with your um, ADLs, like your bathing, dressing, grooming, toileting, transferring, meal assistance, you know, on and on and on, things like that. It's a great option that not near enough people know about. Now, years ago when I worked at the Office of Aging, I actually administered that program. People would call me and say, hey, Kristen, I need so-and-so to qualify the program. I'm like, great, go out the next day, do the assessment. Yep, they do, they financially qualify. Two weeks later, they'd have the services in their home. That is not how it is now. Um, people on their own. So the Office of Aging kind of cut out of the equation now, quite honestly. It was a one-stop shop back in the day. So the state said, let's make this easier for everybody and create all these different agencies that need to actually be involved. It's a nightmare. I have to be honest. And I, and I don't think it's fair. Um, I don't know what their reasoning is, but it's, it's a nightmare. So now you have to go through, um, there's an independent enrollment broker, and then you have, they have to refer to the office of aging, do a level of care assessment, and then they have to get forms from the doctor. And then we have to get the financial eligibility. So it's just kind of a cluster, quite honestly. Um, so many people find that it can take over six months to actually qualify for the in-home care, which is such a service for people because a lot of times people end up in the nursing home before they can get the care. That is the exact opposite of the intention of this program, which is a shame. So um, I've been able to, uh, me and my counterpart Tammy have been able to brainstorm and figure out all the shortcuts to get people qualified for the program. And we've been successful in getting people um, from start to finish qualified in as short as two to three months, um, which I know still seems like a long time. But when you're thinking six to eight months on your own, it's um, and that's for somebody who would immediately qualify. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just a complication. So please know that if you um, are thinking that your loved one needs to stay home and needs care, there is an option and we do know all the loopholes to get that, that your loved one qualified as quickly as possible. And I won't bore you with all the details because sometimes it bogs my brain down when I'm trying to like work through it and figure out the process, but it is an option.